0: Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Praise God. Well, so good to see you tonight and uh, it's so good to see all that God is doing and uh, you know whenever we get in God's presence it's incredible what he can do. So I'm going to preach probably about 20 minutes and then after that I think we need to sing a couple of songs because uh, just like Sopa said you've got to get your praise on I think and uh, that sort of thing. There's something awesome about his presence. So so uh, is that you Lord? So um, so yes yeah, so I just want to share with you from the scripture tonight. So if you got your Bibles Turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 37, uh, Psalm 37 uh, verse 4 is what I'm going to read. Psalm 37 verse 4. And it says this, Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I'll read that again. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Back in the 90s, there was a Swedish rock group, soft pop group called Roxette. Uh, some of you, some of you, your parents may remember it, uh, and their number one most famous song was a song called Listen to Your Heart, I don't know if you remember it, I know Damien and Skye definitely do, uh, you know, it goes a little bit like this, listen to your heart when it's calling for you, listen to your heart, anyway, that's the title of my message tonight, it's called Listen to Your Heart, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask and pray that you help us to have the discernment to know when you are speaking to us. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I grew up in church my whole life, didn't become a Christian until I was 19, but even before I became a Christian, I had my favorite verse in the Bible. You know what that verse was? Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I think it was my favorite verse because I didn't actually properly know what it meant, knew what it meant. I thought it meant that if you become a Christian, God's going to give you everything that you want. But that's not actually what it means. Delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart. What that means is this, that over time, as you delight yourself in him, he puts desires in your heart. He gives you the desires of your heart. And those are the things that he wants to see come to pass in your life. So what that means is this. There are times as a Christian, we should listen to our heart. That actually it's through our heart that God is speaking to us about things that he wants us to do. So that's why the title of my message tonight is called Listen to Your Heart. Because there are a number of times when you're not sure what to do, when you can actually, according to Scripture, listen to your heart. Now, obviously, before we continue on, we have to put a little bit of balance around what I'm saying here. It doesn't automatically mean any desire that you have is automatically uh, God, because the Bible says there are some things such as sinful desire. So if we have a desire that goes against, against God's word, no matter how strongly we feel, that doesn't mean that was God. Or another way of putting it, if you have a desire and it's naughty, it's not God. Uh, so that's kind of how simple, it's not like, you know, oh, you know, I was just feeling, you know, I've been getting really grieved in my spirit um, about the banks and how they're really overcharging people with fees. And so I just feel that in my heart, God wants me to rob a bank. No, that's naughty. However, there are many times when we can listen to our heart. And so I want to talk to you tonight about three times when you need to listen to your heart. And also too, before I do, I just noticed Maya Phillips is here. Maya has just become the National Touch Football Champion of Australia. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Come on now. That is awesome, coming here all along, incognito, cap down, that sort of thing. Did you actually play today? Oh, yesterday. Okay, praise God. So anyway, three times, according to Scripture, when you, need to, when you can listen to your heart. First time when you can listen to your heart is when it comes to seeking God's direction. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6 says this, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding.'" In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So when it comes to direction there, he is saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So what that means is this. That's often the path that God wants you to go down is one that he's actually started putting in your heart. I especially see this when people get a passion or burden about something. That's often a sign that God wants them to do something about it. Have you ever noticed, have you ever had a passion or burden about something and got so passionate about it and they got so upset at everyone else because no one is as interested as you are about that thing? Well, that's probably God speaking to you about what He actually wants you to do in that situation. He's dropping it in your heart. One of my favourite books in the Bible is the book of Nehemiah, and it tells a story about a man whose name was Nehemiah, who he was a he was a Jewish man. It was his job to um you know to uh, serve the king his food, and what happened was that he had found out just before one day before serving the king his food that Jerusalem, his home city had the walls were broken down. And so he was so upset about it, normally when he stood before the king, he would have to stand before him with a happy countenance and that sort of thing. But this time he was so upset, he was so moved about it, that when he stood before the king, it was obvious that he was depressed. The king looked at him and said to him, what's wrong with you? And he said, well, how can I be happy? He said, I've just heard that the walls of Jerusalem were still broken down. And so, uh, and so what happened was that set a chain, in a chain of events whereby Nehemiah was released by the king to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And it was a miraculous thing because they did it in 52 days. These um, walls that had been decimated for many, many years was rebuilt in 52 days. However, the most powerful thing for me about that whole story is the fact that Nehemiah already knew that the walls were broken down. It wasn't a surprise to him. He already knew before, and how do we know this? Because the king that he was serving was the, was the one who commanded they not be rebuilt. So watch this. Nehemiah got stirred up and passionate about something he already knew. What was happening? God was dropping in his heart things that he wanted him to do in the future. And he put that in his heart, this burden, this passion, this desire, which ended up directing him in the way that he needed to go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You know, so that is why um, it's important, you know, that we understand that God actually drops desires into our heart. If you seek God, you'll be amazed at the desires that come forth. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. Now, where the comma is in that sentence is very interesting. It doesn't say whatever things you desire, comma, when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and have them. He's not saying that whatever you desire, just praying is going to happen. He says, no, no, it says whatever things you desire when you pray. Comma, believe that you'll receive them and have them. So as you pray, desires come forth. If you're seeking about your future, now is really the time to be praying. Now is really the time to be seeking God, because you'll be amazed at what he drops in your heart and the passions that he has for the things that he wants you to do in the future. I remember when I was 19 and I was doing a degree, I used to have all these daydreams and all these desires. I remember one time I used to have these, I just used to have these like, you know, I was just daydreaming that I was standing in front of a football team and I was coaching them in a final. And there was another time I was standing up doing some interview with this business I was running, and there was all these things I was daydreaming about, things, that I was doing all these different occupations but I realised now they all had one thing in common it was me standing up and talking and it's only years later that I realized that's the thing that God was putting in my heart for nearly 40 years That desire to speak, to be a communicator, was a thing that he would put in my heart many, many years ago. And that's the thing that he's called me to do now. So he can drop those desires in your heart. You can use this principle when you've got options and you're not sure what to do. You might have a number of options that you've got to do, things that you're thinking about and you're not sure the direction God wants you to do you can lay them out before God and actually pray about them. Prophetically speaking, and I've mentioned this to you before, there's this passage of scripture and it talks about Moses and his brother Aaron. Now, Aaron's leadership amongst the Israelites was being, quest- uh, was being questioned. So Moses said, okay, let's Aaron, bring your rod. So he had a rod and staff like everyone did. He had a rod and he grabbed all the rods of all the other tribal leaders. They laid them out before the Lord overnight. They came back the next day and Aaron's rod had budded. And that was a sign from God that this is the man who's the right leader. Prophetically speaking, if you've got decisions and choices you have to make for your life, and you're not sure what to do, lay them all out before the Lord. Pray about them. And eventually you'll find one of them will bud start thinking, you know what, I don't even know why I was looking at those options. This is the option. This is the way that I actually want to go. Lay them out before God and eventually you'll find the desire for the direction that he wants you to go will come forth. You can listen to your heart when it comes to seeking God's direction. The second time when we can listen to our heart and actually Michaela Soper actually mentioned this in her offering message today, is when God wants us to give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says this. So, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I've heard people use that scripture to justify not giving. They've said, see, if you don't want to give, you don't have to give, you shouldn't give under compulsion. Unfortunately, you can't use this scripture to justify that position because he says so let each one give. You're all going to give. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but he says that the way you determine by what's in your heart, not your head. Yeah, very good. Have you ever had a time when your heart wanted to give an amount that your head didn't like? Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to listen to our heart. I mean, think about it. Do you honestly think the devil will tell you to be generous? Do you honestly think it's your flesh? my flesh wants me to give away my money. Probably not. That desire is actually something put in there by God. And so what that means is this, that he can drop a desire to be generous. It might be for an offering. It might be just in your everyday life. Then what we need to do is actually listen to our heart. I've told you this story before about a time when uh, we were at a conference and uh, and it was the last night of the conference and in the afternoon I was praying about what to give in the offering that night. And I really felt that I wanted to give um, $500. Uh, and so I thought I'd better talk to Trish about it. And so I spoke to Trish. I said, babe, how much do you want to give? Uh, she said, how much do you want to give? And I said, well, what do you want to give? She said, well, what do you want to give? And uh, I said, I want to give $500. And she said, okay, how much do we have in the bank? I said, we have $100. $100. And, uh, and she said, "Well, how are you, are you going to give five hundred dollars now, This is just a testimony i 'm not telling you that you should do this i 'm just telling you what I did and i said well i 'm going to put it on the credit, on the credit card she goes what you 've got to put it on the credit card i said don 't you think that 's a bit unwise? We should just give what we have and i said okay we 'll we'll give the hundred dollars that night i 'm at the meeting. I remember I was standing on the stage of someone else receiving the offering. And honestly, as they were talking, I was just standing there and I could just see a big neon sign in front of me saying 500, 500, 500, 500. Then a little guy with a pitchfork jumped on my shoulder and said, No, that's crazy. You can't afford it. That's foolish. 500, 500. What will people think? You're a pastor. That's irresponsible. 500, 500. And I thought, I just can't shake this. I want to give $500. And that's not natural. So I just thought, I'm going to try and get Trisha's attention. So obviously Trisha was getting convicted. She was trying to avoid eye contact. <laughs> and so I, I was down like this in front of her. And she's kind of, like, uh, she's kind of like avoiding eye contact. And I'm trying to get her attention. And I said, get my credit card. Slip out, and she gets it out. She looks at me all funny. And, so she, and I said, fill out the credit She filled out the credit card. And she threw it in the bucket. As soon as she threw it in the bucket... The neon sign left and the little guy with the, with the pitchfork was still on my shoulder. What have you done? How you'll never see that money again. What? Wait till people find out. And I just thought, well, I'm not going to go and pick it up out of the bucket. I'll just leave it, you know. Then under the, after the service, I so, went out and came back later and Anusha came up to me and said, Pastor Ben, there's a couple of envelopes here with your name on it. I said, okay. and I opened up the first envelope and inside was $200 cash open up the second envelope, inside was another $200 cash. The $400 difference between the $100 I had and the $500 I gave, God supplied to me right at that moment. When it comes to generosity, you can listen to your heart. I better tell you another story that makes my wife look better. There was another time I told you the story a couple of years ago that we are believing God for a house, and this was in Mackay in North Queensland. And just like Bible College didn't have any money, and so we just started, you know, thinking, you know, how are we going to get a house, and we'd scrape together a couple of grand, but it wasn't going to be anywhere near enough, and, and so I remember we were at a conference again, and uh, in the afternoon I felt really challenged to give, and so I went up to Trish, I said, uh, I want to give him the offering tonight. She goes, so do I. I said, what do you want to give? She said, well, what do you want to give? I said, well, what do you want to give? She goes, what do you want to give? I said, listen, what I want to give is probably going to be way more than what you want to give. I said, so let's just give what you want to give, okay? And I was thinking $700. I thought there's no way she'd want to do that. She said, okay, I want to give $2,150. I said, what? Get behind me. Like two th- I said, that's all we got in our bank account. I said, we've been saving up months for that. I said, and why so specific? Can't we round it down? What about two grand? $1,500? The conference doesn't even need it. Why $2,150? And she said this to me. She said, well, she goes, we're believing God for a house and believing for a breakthrough. I felt the Holy Spirit told me to open up the real estate guide and look for the kind of house that we want in this market. This was obviously a long time ago. Uh, and she said, but um, uh, the kind of house I want in this market is worth 215000 So I felt God tell me to sow 1% seed right. Right. to believe for a breakthrough. And I said, sounds like God. <laughs> so I said, OK. So... That, after, that evening went to the service, wrote out a cheque. You remember those things, cheques? <laughs> wrote out a cheque, $2,150. They were receiving the offering up the front, and so in buckets, and so I walked up, threw my cheque in the offering bucket. As I did, it kind of lipped out a little bit, started talking to me. You need me, man! <laughs> Don't do this! You'll never see me again! This is a bad mistake! And everything in me wanted to grab it and pull it back out, but... I couldn't because I was a pastor and everyone's looking at me. And I left it in there. And then over the next few months, our finances got worse. Every day, I was thinking to myself, "Gee, that two thousand one hundred fifty dollars would be handy around about now." And then one day, we got a phone call. Person on the other end of the line said, "I want to give you some money to go towards your first house." I said, "Praise the Lord, how much?" They said fourteen thousand dollars. I said, "Thank you very much." And then over the course of the next few months, we got like another twenty-two thousand yeah. dollars unsolicited, unasked for and, and then basically we're able to build our first brand new house and then we sold it two and a half years later for 150 times what we first wow. sowed. Yeah. Sometimes the mechanism God gets you a breakthrough is actually yeah. generosity. Great. Great. When it comes to giving, we need to listen to our heart. It's not even just the case with offerings. Now, now next week we are receiving a rise and build offering. All I'm going to ask you to do is listen to your heart, yeah, right. not your head. Listen to what God tells you to do. Seek God about it. Listen to your heart, not your head. But it's not just in that. It's actually also in our everyday life. God wants to use us to be a source of supply for other people. You could be about your business and God causes you to be moved for a situation. That's a sign that God wants you to do something about it. Remember one time we were lining up at Aldi and... um, Aldi, I hate Aldi. You know, because you have to hold your bag... At the end, and they just shove it in like this. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't even know why people still go. Don't know why I still go. And, um, and anyway, I was at Aldi, and this lady, right, was in front of me, and she'd put all these groceries through, and, you know, she's catching it, chucking it in, you know. And then she puts her card, Arr, declined. Arr, declined. I could tell, it was obvious to me that she was struggling financially, and I think she might have been a single mum. And she goes, oh, look, I'm sorry. I'm just going to make some phone calls to the lady and that. And she took it away. And the Holy Spirit said, you pay. And I'm like, dude, I got my own. <laughs> but that thought is not the devil and it's not your flesh. It's actually the Lord. So as this lady's wheeling off her trolley with her food strewn out all over it and she's making a frantic phone call, trying not to be embarrassed... I just went up and said to the cashier, it's all right, I've got this. I'll pay for it. She goes, Really? I said, Yeah, let's just just tapped it and went and took me nine months to pay it off. No, just kidding. And uh, I was just out shopping, going about my business, and your heart is moved. It's not a sign to say, Hey, we've got a program called Christians Against Poverty and maybe we could sign you up for something. No time for that. I'm his ambassador. You're his ambassador. And you will know that your heart's called to action because you will feel prompted to be generous to something that is not your flesh and it's not the devil. That's the Lord. You can listen to your heart when it comes to giving. And the third time we need to listen to our heart is when God wants us to minister to somebody else. You know, if you look at the life of Christ, whenever he ministered, just before he moved in power, his heart was first moved with compassion. It says it all through the scripture. His heart was moved with compassion, then he performed miracles. His heart, it was almost like an ignition in his heart. His heart was stirred for someone's plight, then he stepped into it. I'll give you a couple examples. Matthew 14:14. 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them. And what did he do? He healed their sick. Matthew 20, 34. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. There's heaps of examples like this. Where Jesus, his heart was moved to somebody's plight. That was a sign not for him to get someone else to pray for them. It was a sign for him to do something about it. You know, the Bible tells us in John 14, 12, Jesus said greater works than he did we will do. Those greater works are signs, wonders, and miracles. And a lot of them don't happen, necessarily just happen here on a Sunday. They happen when we're out and about in the community, doing our thing, and all of a sudden your heart is moved towards someone's plight. That's not a sign to call Pastor Noah to come and pray for him. That's a sign for whoever we are, whatever for us to step in and pray for that person. That's a sign from God that he wants us to do something about it. It's not the job of pastors to do all the ministry. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, whose job was to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What's ministry? What I'm doing now is not really ministry. It's equipping. Ministry is when we're out and about doing our thing in our life. You can be out at the shops, you could be at the gym, you could be at someone's house, and all of a sudden your heart is moved to someone's plight. That's a sign that he wants you to do something about it. Many years ago we were lying in bed, it was about 11 o'clock at night, and heard a cat meowing on the roof. I thought it was on the roof, and then Trish said, Ben, there's a cat in our roof. I said, surely not. And then we heard it and started scratching the ceiling. I thought, how did the cat get in our roof? And then we realised that what had happened was that earlier in the week, a workman had come to work inside the ceiling, had removed a tile, uh, remembered two days later that it was open, came back and put the tile on. In the meantime then, the cat had come in and now was stuck in the ceiling. And Trish said, we've got to get this cat out, it's going to cook. And I said, that's right. So we went to the manhole and... Um, I sent Trish up, and, um, <clears throat> well, it was better for the cat, you know, because, you know, she's a lot smaller than me and a lot more mobile and that sort of thing. And, uh, and you know, she's a banana farmer's daughter from far north Queensland. She does all that sort of stuff. And, and so anyway, she went up, and I could hear her calling out to the cat, here, puss, puss, here, puss, puss. And, and uh, I heard the cat meowing, and she says to me, I can't reach it. It's hiding in a crevice from me. And so we went out, and we, we came back, and we tried to coax it out you know, get some milk and that sort of thing and put it there and cat wouldn't come. So woke up the next day, could still hear the cat up there and I said, I've got to do something about this. So I thought, I'm going to go get myself a cat trap. And some of you are like, awesome. Not the ones that kill them, the ones that catch them humanely. And so we went out and, uh, and, and, and I, I got out the yellow pages. It's a thing us old people used to read. And I got the yellow pages and looked up cat trap and in the cat tra- in, under cat traps, there was a phone number of someone who lived in our street. I was like, praise the Lord. God has gone ahead of us. He knew ahead of time I would need someone with a cat trap. So I rang up this number and a lady answered. And I said, listen, I want to hire this cat trap. She said, no worries. She said, come over at this time. And so I went over later that afternoon. And, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, it was a long street. And I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if it's... That house. There was a house in our street that was really overgrown and that sort of thing. And sure enough, when we went there, it was that house, really overgrown. And so I went and knocked on the front door. A big burly gentleman answered the door. He goes, yeah, what do you want? I said, I'm I'm here for the cat trap. He goes, all right, they love. There's a bloke here for the cat trap. I go in and see this lady come out. She's got a walking frame. She walks out. As soon as I see it, I thought, what happened to her? She comes up to me. I said, hey, I'm the guy ringing up about the cat trap. She goes, oh, good, no worries. She goes, follow me. We go out to the back veranda. She had all these cat traps just all over the veranda, all different types. I mean, she was really into it. And I said, um, (laughs) she pointed at one. She said, grab that one. I said, okay. Grabbed it, picked it up. Put on her frame. She starts showing me how to operate the cat trap. And I'm sitting there thinking, my whole time, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, what happened to this poor lady? And then afterwards she said, oh, okay, listen, um, it's going to cost you $20. And I said, okay. she goes, $20 deposit, $5 a day. I said, okay, no worries, here's 20 bucks, And I took it and I went out. There's a number of people in the house. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I wish, I wish I hadn't prayed for her. I went back and we went to the house and we start setting up the cat trap. And as we start setting up the cat trap, the cat walks straight over to the hole. We pick it up and bring it down. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, what a waste of time. Why did I go through all of that? Oh, I think God was wanting me to have a divine appointment. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I went back with the trap. I said to the lady, I said, hey, and there was, this time I noticed there was There was no other guys. There was just one lady who looked like a nurse that was in there. I went in there and I said, listen, we, we didn't even have to use the cat trap. She goes, oh, that's good. I'll get your change for you. And I said, no. I said, no, no, you can keep it. And she says, oh, thank you so much. That's a lot of money for us. I said, if you don't mind me asking, what happened to you? She said, well, I was working in a warehouse and a box landed on me. She said it's been terrible and I've been in constant pain and agony and that sort of thing. And what she says that, you got a couple of options. Option one, oh, that's a shame. Hope you got a good lawyer. Sure, Morris Blackburn will help you out. <laughs> or option two, which I took. Hey, listen, I'm a pastor from a church nearby. Is it okay if I pray for you? And I thought you'd say, Get away from your religious freak. But she didn't. She said, okay. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. <laughs> so I prayed for her. And as I was praying, I said, Lord, I just ask and pray that you heal her of this back. And, and as I was praying for her, all of a sudden the power of God came. She picked up the thing and threw it. No, that's not what happened. But <laughs> <clears throat> sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I can never tell. But it's not my it's not my responsibility to get him healed. It's just my responsibility to have a go. Yeah. And so I said to her, "Listen, uh, Christmas is coming up. Our church is giving out hampers to people in the community. Would you like a hamper?" And she said, "I'd love to." One of our pastors went over and visited her. Oh, I was out and about minding my own business, looking for a cat trap, and an opportunity came up and I've got a decision to make. Am I going to step in? Or am I going to deflect? People always pray, God, use me, use me. And opportunity comes all the time. You know, because your heart is moved. You'll be about your business doing your thing, and your heart is moved. And then you think to yourself, oh, I don't have time for this, I've got to do it. But if you just stop and step in, You'll be amazed at what happens. I've had times when I've prayed for them right then, they got healed right there. I've had times when I prayed for them and I don't know if they got healed or not. There's been other times prayed for them, they got healed later. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'd love to say, oh, I know for sure the anointing's on me, I know what's going to happen. There's been times felt nothing, boom, healed. And there's been other times felt a lot and didn't seem like anything happened. But here's the thing it's actually not my responsibility. If you've prayed for someone and they didn't get healed, I want to applaud you because at least you had a go. God is looking for people who are saying, yes, Lord, use me. See me. Lord, send revival. You know who the revival is he's sending? It's us. And he will use you. And you know when he wants to use you because you'll be about your business doing your thing and then your heart is moved. And then you've got a decision to make. Am I going to step in? Or am I going to deflect? My heart is as a king's person, yet we would, more often than not, step in to the opportunities that God gives us. Amen. When does God want us to listen to our heart, when it comes to seeking His direction? When does He want us to listen to our heart when He wants us to give? When does He want us to listen to our heart? when he wants us to minister to somebody. That's why the Bible calls us his ambassadors. That means we're his representatives. We are his hands and feet. How do we know this? Because the Bible says the church is the body of Christ. We do stuff on his behalf. We pray, we seek God, he anoints, and then we have a go. People always ask me, what's the key to the power of God? What's the key to seeing signs and wonders? And people pay big money and do a lot of courses to find out what the key is. Here's the key, mate, have a go. (laughs) That's why the Apostle Paul always prayed for boldness. Number one thing, not more anointing, not more revelation, not more word, boldness. Because when opportunity comes, even at an inconvenience, look at the times Jesus healed people, very inconvenient. He was doing other things, man. He had an advertiser revival and lined them up in his time. And that's not how he healed him. He was doing his thing and opportunities came. God's Spirit is moving on the Gold Coast. He is touching people's lives. Opportunity will come across your path. And all I pray for every one of us is this, that when opportunity comes, we shall have the boldness to step in. And then it's up to God to see what happens. Amen? So maybe you're here and you're saying, Ben, I want to be like that. I don't want to give in to timidity anymore. I don't want to give in to intimidation. I want God to use me and I want the boldness to step in and take advantage of opportunity. If that's you, then I want to pray for you. Because basically you're saying, God, I want to overcome fear. I want to overcome shame. And that, if that's you, I want to pray for you. You're saying, God, I want you to use me. And so in order to do that, you kind of got to have a take some kind of step. Because yeah, right. when you pray for someone, you're taking a step of faith. And so what I want to do is this. With every eye open and every head up, if you're in this place and you're saying, Ben, I want God to use me to be His hands and feet. When opportunity comes to minister to someone, to pray for them regardless of their situation, wherever I am, I want the boldness of God. If that is you, with every eye open and every head up, regardless of how chicken you feel right now, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Awesome. And even if you feel like... Excuse me. My back just clapped. No, just... And if you feel like that you have that boldness anyway, I want you to pray for you as well. Awesome. Stretch your hands to heaven. Pray this after me. Say, dear Lord, I thank you that you want to use me to see people encounter you. Lord, I commit that from now on, when my heart is moved, I will step in and minister to them on your behalf. I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Keep your hands raised. Father, in Jesus' name. Church, everyone else, stand to your feet as well. I pray right now for a holy boldness. Just like the Apostle Paul prayed for boldness. I pray for boldness for people right now in Jesus' name. And I know, Lord, we are your hands and feet, Lord God. You want to use us. So I pray, Lord, for an incredible sensitivity in people's hearts, that they would know that you're calling them to action because they'll probably be about their business, doing their thing. Then their heart will be moved. And I pray that next time they will have the boldness to step into that. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Keep your hands lifted. We're going to sing Lord Send Revival. And what you need to understand is this. When we say Lord Send Revival, what we're also saying is Lord Send Us. And as you do, He'll fill you with boldness. He'll fill you with strength. He will help, help you to be alert to opportunity. He's an awesome God. Because there are just sometimes, regardless of what's going on, we have to listen to our heart. Let's worship Him in this place. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.